Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of AUSU Open Mic. My name is Jody Campbell. I'm your executive director and I'm here with some very funny ladies who are currently trying not to laugh as we get this podcast started. <laughs> and we're here to uh, to hang out with you for a little bit. Uh, we've got Natasha Donahue, who is our president. We've got Stacey Hello. Hutchings, which is our VPX. What's up, everybody? And we've got Monique Jurette, who's our VP Finance Administration. Hello. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. We're actually here at uh, what we're referring to as a mini retreat in downtown Edmonton. And uh, this is the first time that I've actually physically seen Stacy and physically seen Monique. So this is a big deal. It is. Yeah, I was surprised you guys are like three foot five. Yeah. Yeah. Super short. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The, the whole concept of this COVID relationship that we've had thus far, you know, it's like you're just living as this small little box on my Zoom screen. This is a big deal being in person. So I, I appreciate being able to share the space physically distanced, but it's nice to share the space with you guys. Every time I've looked over at you today, Jody, I hear your voice and I'm just picturing you in a screen. And just it's in a so box. surreal that I'm like sitting here with you. Yeah. Typically, I'm just a square little, you know, three by three inch box on your Zoom screen, right? Now you're what? Three foot what? You said? <laughs> three foot five. Oh, yeah. three foot in five. 3D though. 3D. <laughs> <laughs> And how are things with you, Natasha? Oh, you know, things are things are going good. Pretty busy. School semester starting right away. Also finishing a semester, so never a dull moment for me. Yeah, well, that was a perfect segue into some of the things we're going to be talking about today. Because what I want to tap into you, I mean, obviously, the, this, this whole relationship that we have is an executive team, but I want to bring out the student in all of you today. And uh, we're really hoping that we're going to be able to maybe bring in some tips and tricks, uh, some other things that might also be very helpful for students that can tap into you guys being veteran student leaders. Like you said, Natasha, we're actually kind of leading into the beginning of uh, September. And traditionally speaking, you know, obviously at AU, we've got courses happening throughout the year. However, September is still this overall feeling of the beginning of a term. And so the first question I'm going to throw out to you guys, and maybe we'll go in the order of maybe Natasha, Stacy, Monique for this first one. What do you guys do to prepare for a new course? Oh, I love that you came to me first because I feel like I'm probably the most scattered out of all of us. Maybe that's a big assumption, but I don't really do anything. A course starts for me and I just kind of go for it. I just open just, my... Just dive in right away. I, I just pick one that I, I want to do the most and I open my study guide and I just go to the first unit and sort of carry on from there. So I don't know if I'm the best person to ask. <laughs> no, that's fine. Stace, what about you? Anything different? Um, I cringed a little bit, Natasha, because um, <laughs> no, I, I definitely do things differently. Um, so when I get a new course, I look at um, start to finish, um, how many units there are, like what's involved. Um, and I, I map it out on a, on a calendar. So oh, I nice. have goals for, I know, I bet um, Monique's a little surprised by this, but I have goals for each week <laughs> and what I'm going to meet. And then I, uh, I build that in and I make sure that I hit those goals every week as I'm like going through my courses. And I usually like to build in extra time within my courses. So then if life happens, um, I'm not behind. I can, um, I can, I stay on track. So then I finish in time before my course end. 
That's impressive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this has been a progression answer then because Keep mine is like a s- <laughs> <laughs> very close, actually. <laughs> so at the beginning of the semester, I look over all of my course material, assignments, uh, units, coursework, and then I break down because I know how fast I can read. I break down how long it's going to take for me to read every single reading piece and then I add up all those hours and then I figure out how long it's going to take me to do all my coursework and I add up all those hours and then I figure out how long it's going to take me to do my assignments I figure out all those hours and then I divide them all um, by the uh, number of days I have to get all my work done and then I put all of those into my calendar with very specific um dates and what I'm supposed to do every single day. I feel like I need a scientific calculator to <laughs> to figure out what you just threw down. That's a, that's a lot of analytics right before you even get started. Yeah, so it takes me about a day and I put all of that into my calendar for the whole um, semester so that I can divide it out equally and then build in that time like Natasha or Stacy said about life getting in the way sometimes because we all have a lot on our plates and just make sure that I can meet all those targets. I think that's crazy. And you said it. We actually have this progression <laughs> of between Natasha then to Stacy and you. It's like, uh, and I, and I think there's a lot of students out there that can relate that they probably fit somewhere in that spectrum for sure. Um, I was going to say my, my hack, cause I, I'm a slow reader reading takes me forever and all the courses we're in because we got a lot of the same political science governance courses has a lot of reading and so I don't actually read everything I go through the the course like questions at the end of each unit and then I make sure I see what they're asking and then I'll go into the reading and find that there rather than reading the whole thing just kind of get what they want us to get from that reading and it it saves you time but and I've s- thorough. I've <laughs> so I've I've found that strategy in mm-hmm. that I've sort of studied different types of strategies. And so what I end up doing is doing all the reading and then when I go to do my coursework, mm-hmm. doing that exact same thing afterward. But then I find that it helps me later on for exams because then I've essentially reviewed the the, the information twice and so I don't have to do as much studying later on. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Like that's what works for me. So Absolutely. Um, I do have a follow-up question. So, Natasha, I'm going to come back to you. Um, Do you do anything differently now as what I'm going to refer to as a seasoned veteran student that maybe you didn't do when you first started at AU? Okay, this is funny because I used to do a lot more planning. (laughs) When I first started as a student, I would would go into my study guide and break it all down and, and put it in my calendar and... I am three courses away from finishing my degree and I've progressed to this point of chaos. (laughs) So that's my answer. (laughs) Now, and you know what? There is something to be said. um, And I know that this has been a quote that I've used throughout my career working with student leaders is that sometimes a lot of folks will think, you know what, man, like year three, year four courses are so much easier than say course uh, in, in year one. And what I've always gone back to is this whole concept that as a student, you're actually getting better at being a student as well. You get better at reading course content. You get better at knowing sort of what is going to be the focus of whatever the course is. You get better at studying for exams. And so in some ways, it's not that the courses are more difficult or less difficult, but rather maybe for you and knowing that you're only a few classes away from being done, 
in some ways, you're tapping into the fact that you're actually a better student now than you would have been at the beginning. Does that does that count or does that resonate at all? Yeah, let's go with that. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, what about you? Is there anything that you do now that is different than maybe what you would have done at the beginning? So I started off at um, like a traditional brick and mortar university. Um, and so definitely when I was there, I would just roll into class and kind of do what the professor told me to do. And we I, can use their name. It was the U of C. <laughs> U of C. <laughs> <laughs> call them Fine. out by name. Call yeah, them we out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great institution. Lovely people. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's definitely, it's just a different learning environment. So you can just kind of show up and, and, um, the professor will kind of tell you what you need to know or what you need to absolutely read and and they'll remind you when essays are due and they'll remind you that an exam's coming up or midterm like there's a lot more handholding whereas when you're at AU you're given a course and um, that's it like you know before you know it, it the the term and will will come and go and so um, I definitely wasn't as organized um, at the beginning of my degree but as soon as I transferred to AU I realized I need to be because I think four months can go by pretty quick. And um, mm-hmm. so that's that's why I kind of organize my, my schedule the way I do. Nice. And Monique, what about you? Anything that you do differently now that is Yeah, 100%. I, I was chaos in the beginning. I had never gone to school, like post-secondary. And even though I'd seen what my husband going through when he started, I thought I could just sort of go as I go kind of thing and I realized last year that it wasn't really working out how I had planned granted I did have a lot of other things uh, going on in my life at the time but I realized that I needed my personal style of being required a lot more planning and being specific about things and so um, this uh, way that I have now that I just described works a lot better for me Yeah, and it it almost sounds like you got a fairly purposeful attack when you take on a new course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, I can appreciate that. So on the same note of changes to how you do courses and such, let's, you know, it it feels recently that a podcast without talking about COVID in some way, it just doesn't feel complete. So let's bring it in here a little bit. And the question, and we're going to go in reverse order this time. So we're going to go to Monique first. Has COVID changed your study habits in, in a way? And obviously you're, you have a fairly regimented plan that you lay out for a course. Um, has COVID done anything to change your study habits? I'm going to say 100% because that's basically why I have my study habits the way they are now. Is right. In my last semester, um, I was halfway through and realized that things are not, my wing in it ways were not working it anymore. And, uh, I was started panicking. I had been spending too much time focused on what was happening with COVID and I wasn't able to change my, my school plan. So I had to find a way to buckle down and get all that work done. And so I had devised this this setup of, okay, figure out what you have left, figure out how much time it's going to take, put it all into your calendar and just do it every single time that it pops up on your calendar. And I managed to get it all done when, at a time when I had no idea that I was going to get it done. Wow. Yeah. And so I, and 
my family and I were both like we were all shocked that I got it done and so it, <laughs> it was so successful that I'm like maybe I should just do this going forward because clearly that worked and it was a yeah. lot less stress than in previous semesters where I was at the end of my semester being like oh man I shouldn't have won- been winging it that whole time and I should have had more of a plan so yeah yeah Stacy, what about you anything different because of COVID um, I was pretty organized um, before COVID, so I definitely stayed on track um, as COVID kind of unfolded. I did end up, I think the only thing that affected my, um, I guess, my student plan was that I took an extension. Um, I only ended up needing one course, needed an extra two weeks. So I took the extension, but then I didn't enroll myself in classes this summer. So it kind of set me back in my degree goal completing time by three months because I, I didn't end up enrolling in those classes because I didn't right. know what was going to happen with COVID. And so I took the summer off, which is what it is. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that being an organized student with goals, like uh, weekly goals or daily goals is, is kind of how you stay on track. So when life kind of happens, you're able to push through it and, um, and still complete your goals. What's your experience been like, Natasha? Uh, I would say my experience is maybe not related to COVID. So I'm going to maybe get a little bit uh, real for a second with who I am and what I struggle with. But We like getting real. <laughs> um, but, you know, like part of the reason I stopped organizing myself so intensely was because it didn't work for me. And the only reason it didn't work for me was because no matter what I did, I couldn't stay on track with my school. And it was sort of like my journey through my degree with AU has been sort of this like self understanding reflective period of figuring out you know how I learn and why my brain works the way it does and then yeah uh, trying to kind of peel back the layers of you know the fact that I'm neurodiverse and not uh maybe attuned to be part of the post-secondary system as many many other students would be and I, I know that others on this call might have similar experiences with that but um, part of what changed for me recently has been that I started a new medication, actually, and this medication, and I'll just say what it is, just maybe there's someone out there who can relate to this, but one of the things I struggled with a lot was generalized anxiety disorder, and so I actually started an SSRI, and that, you know, it might not be for everyone, but it definitely has changed my life for the better, and um, so since then, I have definitely started to try to reincorporate some of those uh, organizational practices. Um, the one thing I do is I will write down all of the assignments for the courses that I that I have ongoing so that yeah. that is sort of keeping me accountable and I can check those off and that makes me feel really good, especially now that I'm in a, a mental space where I can stay on track and, and it's not sort of like another plan that's going to fail if that makes sense yeah thanks for sharing that monique so i i want to share you uh thank you for sharing that natasha i think it's i think it's important for um anyone who has struggles of any kind to share because it helps others realize they're not alone and with you sharing that i i want to say that that change that I made with COVID was related to anxiety. My anxiety was getting so high that I just couldn't even, I was putting my head in the sand and not doing my work. And so it took me reverting to a different way to be able to change my plan and be able to refocus. And, and, and I think it's important for people to know that if something's not working, it's better to just find 
whatever is going to work for you and whether that's um, a visit with the doctor or a change in how you do things just to um, make sure you, you can still reach your goals. But putting our head in the sand certainly is not the answer. So I would be classified as a as a person that stays pretty neutral when it comes to things you know, I don't really have the the highs and the lows. And there is no question that there was a there's a level of stress that has come with the last five months that even I recognize, like I'm having to sort of figure out, like there's, it's almost like a new experience. Like, Hey, like, okay, I am recognizing that something is different. I guarantee Natasha, to your point, that there's thousands of AU students that can all relate to some of the mental challenges that have brought, been brought on with COVID. But you also perfectly segued me into my next question, which was about how you guys stay motivated. And of course, COVID, and we've talked about a little bit has has obviously created an environment where it's been a little bit more difficult to stay on task. So um, Natasha, I'm going to come back to you and then we'll go over to Stacy and Monique again. But just in a nutshell, how do you guys stay motivated? Uh, and again, you're kind of at the end of the finish line. So maybe it's, it's perfect to come to, to you first. And how do you stay motivated to just run through the finish line? Thinking about that finish line right now is what's keeping me motivated because yeah, I, I know <laughs> once I cross it, I'm going to have so much more than I did the day before. And it's not just about having a degree, but it's about coming to the end of a chapter and a journey that for me has been seven years long and very formative and, um, you know, being able to say, I've done this, I've, I completed this path. And uh, as somebody who's struggled with school for my entire life that, you know, I didn't graduate from high school. Um, that's really something for me to be able to say that um, I never thought I would finish a university credential. So um, that I think, because when I was in the middle of my degree, it was like that light at the end of the tunnel just did not exist. I couldn't see it. I, I had a lot of moments where I wanted to give up, but at this point, now that I'm over that kind of hump and I've pushed myself to get to this point, it kind of feels like nothing can stop me. And like, I just, I just need to do it. And so every time I feel like, you know, I'm too tired, I don't want to do that today. I find a way to, to spend at least even a little bit of time on my schoolwork and maybe that means doing a part of a course that I'm, I have an easier time focusing on that day or, you know, starting a project that I've been really excited about that maybe is supposed to come a little bit later in the week, but I should just get started today because it's what's keeping me motivated today. So I find little tricks like that help a lot, but actually starting that medication also has given me a lot more mental space to be able to give myself uh, the ability to be motivated about things outside of my family and my work and all of those other priorities in life that tend to take over. So cool, Natasha. Um, first of all, congratulations. I mean, it gives me chills listening to your story and, and how you speak about it. I love that stuff. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Stacy. what are your thoughts on what keeps you motivated? Um, and we'll, and we'll kind of keep this theme going. I, th I think I, a lot of what Natasha said is like similar to myself. Um, Getting a university degree has always been this huge goal of mine, but I found myself in my um, adult life um, living um, away, and I didn't know about AU, so I was living up north, and there just wasn't the real option to attend university. So 
um, the fact that I'm able to do it in my 30s is like this huge lifetime um, realization. And that's something that really does motivate me. I haven't really hit that slump halfway through a degree because I think it's something that I wanted so bad that I was able to, I just really appreciate the fact that I'm able to do this in my life. I, th- I think a huge motivation is um, when I am feeling like overwhelmed in a semester because I do kind of focus on maybe the positive and, and I hide a lot of the struggles I have because I, I am so like grateful to be in university. But um, I, I, I'm really lucky because I have a really great support system. And so when I have to sit there and, and work on an on a, on a essay for two days straight, um, like my, my husband's really able to help me with the kids. So then I, I can really just focus on my schoolwork. And I think that's something that kind of motivates me is having that support system. So then you can get to achieve your goals. And I think that's something that is important, especially as an adult learner to have that support. Yeah, absolutely. Monique? The thing that motivates me the most throughout all of it is my family, my son, especially. Um, Going to university was never in my picture prior to uh, um, starting even, even a couple months before starting. And um, due to a car accident, we had to change our plan significantly. And I had to be the one who became the main provider for the family. And I couldn't do that based on my experience alone in the, from the past um, because I had been out of the workforce for so long. And every job that I wanted, every, every, every path that I wanted to go down required a university degree. And though it was something that always seemed like something cool to do um, now became something I needed to do and I decided to go for it and luckily AU is an option for me to be able to do it from home and still be able to work to help to support from my family and and do all those things and so my family is my motivator every single day and on the days where things are hard I kind of do what uh, what Natasha said is just shuffle the schedule a bit and pick the things that you can get through in that day that maybe you're having that mental health um, difficulty and then then do the harder parts on the days that where you can focus a bit more. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's great advice for everybody. Uh, you know, procrastination is definitely something that stands out for a lot of AU students and uh, the amount of discipline that it takes to be uh, a self-study a learner uh, and to be working in that home environment when you have a lot of distractions around you. Uh, I don't think there's too many listeners out there that wouldn't be able to relate with all three of you. So um, definitely appreciate the personal touch too, because I think, again, it's about that relatability and all three of you represent such a unique, diverse group of, of students uh, that have uh, represent our student membership here at AUSU. So Natasha, we're going to come back to you. Where's your favorite place to study? My favorite place to study? Uh, define study. Um, do you know what? Good question. How about just anywhere to just kind of dive into a course and sort of get into it feet first before COVID my favorite place to study was Starbucks. Mm. I used to work at Starbucks. It's like a second home to me in a way. (laughs) I'm, I'm addicted to coffee, so good place to be, but that's not really doable anymore. So you know, I think my favorite place to study is my kitchen table. I have to be honest. <laughs> so maybe that's it's a good place. It's convenient. <laughs> There's still coffee nearby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just keep the pot close <laughs> or the curry or whatever your go-to is. Yeah. Uh, Monique, where's your favorite place to study or to just 
kind of dive into a course? Uh, I don't have a particular. It depends on the task that I'm doing. So uh, reading, most of it gets done at night when I'm putting my son to bed. So I'm using a book light or reading off my iPad or something. And yeah. then actual coursework or essays is at my desk. So I'm that, you know, boring person. That That's not boring. <laughs> That's not boring. I love that. Stace, what about you? This is exposing me, but I like to study in bed. Um, it's, uh, you're probably not alone. It's, it's like the forbidden thing that we're yeah. not supposed to do. Right. I, I, think, I think that's how I get through those days where like, I don't want to do anything. If I have it on the schedule to do something that day, I'll usually get up early and just have the computer right next to me in bed. And then that's the first thing I do. So I could just knock it off my to-do list. And, and that's, that's kind of how I get through those, uh, tougher times. So I guess it's building on, on the question from before, but yeah, my favorite place to study is in bed. I like it. It's comfy. Mm -hmm. It's warm. Mm -hmm. You get Pillows. a backache though, because it's really not good for ergonomics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> no doubt. We're going to have you in one of those chiropractic beds that fold up and you can just sit yourself up every once in a while. I just press a button and it just lifts me. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And I shouldn't say that that's a chiropractic bed. That that's it's more common now than you think. <laughs> Does that mean you're also an early riser? Yes. Um. Yes. What time do you get up at? Um... 6 5:30 some it depends yeah I, it used to be more cuz I was a runner um still am but um yeah I I do like to get up early and, and do stuff I Well know. since you brought up the topic what about you Monique when are you getting up in the morning Oh, as late as I possibly can get away with <laughs> because I have one of these weird children who does not get up early and never has. Ah. And so he'll sleep in till like 8.39. And I know that is like the complete opposite of what most children do, but I've never had a reason to get up early. So perfect. What about you, Natasha? I'm like in between. Okay. So my child loves to get up early. And he's always been an early riser, but I am a night owl 100%. So yeah, so am I. My happiest spot right now is like 8, but I'm usually up like 6.30 or between 6.30 and 7.30. But I, I wish I could get up at, at 8 at the earliest. So when we have meetings at like nine, that actually motivates me to get my day started sooner. <laughs> I was gonna, that's usually when we're going to see you in bed or something like that. No, but up. it helps me like, okay, now I have to get up at a certain time because I have to be like video ready. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, what? we're going to stay on this theme here and this might be an interesting question, but do any of you have any rituals that you do prior to a new course or prior to an exam? Something that you just, you do it every time. And it's just that ritual move or whatever activity that you always take. Yeah, I don't know if I have any rituals for a new course, but I definitely, when I'm writing an exam, I have the accommodation that I'm allowed to have um, drinks and food and medications in my exams. And I don't know if that's just a general allowance now with Proctor U or not, but um, I always have to have a coffee with an exam. Yeah. And. Um, and if I don't, then it's like a bad omen. <laughs> so. Okay, you've got to keep the coffee flowing at your place. I know. I, I need It's like in my blood. Stacy, what about you? Any rituals that you have before starting a new course or writing an exam? I think before writing an exam, a lot of existential dread and um, anxiety and just wondering <laughs> where I am, what I am. Did I, you know, there's usually a lot of like concerns over whether I did enough before to prep for it. 
Um, and this is the ritual. That this happens? is the ritual. Yeah, yeah. So it's a whole thing I go through, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so uh, yeah, I don't really have a ritual beyond that, and it's not really great for my mental health. So um, definitely need to change that. I have eight courses left, so I'm hoping I could I could come up with something better. So then when I get into you know grad school or wherever I end up going afterwards, I, I have a better coping mechanisms. But yeah, that's that's <laughs> no there's doubt. a lot of that. <laughs> and Monique. Um, so at the beginning of a semester, I take a couple days just to unwind mentally. And then at the end of the semester, when I'm writing my exam, I involuntarily don't sleep before the exam and then I'm completely stressed out yes. the next day. And it's so fantastic. It's a good thing yeah. that I've done so much work leading up to that I, you know, it's just burned into my memory. So I, I've done that too. I haven't slept before an exam oh. and then. Yeah, every I'm, single time. Maybe I won't recommend it, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely part of my process as well. Definitely not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> We're not very helpful with our tips. No. <laughs> yeah. I think all of you students should be doing that. Yeah, just binge watch something for a night before. Oh, no, it's no. lying up. and tossing yeah. and turning. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. not even having fun, just like stressing badly. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to work yeah. on that off uh, off air. Okay. Um, okay, we're going to be wrapping up here soon, but we were talking earlier about, and, and this might be more of a philosophical question. And so, Natasha, I'm going to come to you first again. And, you know, you, you're all in different courses and at different stages of your programs. Do you think you approach a course differently depending on the course subject matter and, and whether it's a, a business course or a science course, however you want to sort of, this might be a broad stroke for this question, but do you approach courses differently depending on what that subject matter is? I mean, I think so because when I'm starting like an arts course or really anything outside of the sciences, I'm horrified and terrified <laughs> because I, I have no idea what to expect. It's like out it's, of the comfort zone a little? It's way out of the comfort zone. And sometimes things are like cross disciplinary, which I enjoy. But when it's like, like I just took philosophy 333 and it was very different than any science course because the papers you write are more based on your opinions and not so much based on, um, you know, factual, concrete, physical laws that I just really love to work with. Um, like, I also really love math. I've heard a lot of people complain about Math 215, and I actually just loved that course. I think it was one of my favorite courses. So, like, I think, you know, my brain, it definitely works differently. And the courses that I'm using, like, um, the courses that I'm engaging with are structured differently, um, I think. But I, like, I'm really curious about what Monique and Stacy's experiences are. And have either of you ever taken a course in the sciences outside of maybe, like, statistics? Not at AU. I took it at UFC, and I, I don't have a science brain. And so I really, I took astronomy 207 and it was great because the professor actually gave us all the test questions before the exam. So I was able to just <laughs> memorize those and it's going into that. Exam, yeah. 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 So they don't do that at AU, unfortunately. Um, so I, I kind of prefer those courses that um, Natasha dreads where you can kind of do your opinion and, and uh, as long as you can support it with your argument with, you know, facts, um, which are like within readings. Um, 
not the science facts that, that Natasha <laughs> speaks of. <laughs> not the facts, facts. Not the facts, facts. But, you know, facts. Um, I like that. Um, I think that's my comfort zone. So when I go, like, so my degree is a Bachelor of Professional Arts in Governance, Law, and Management. So when I do the end management part of it, um, I'm doing courses through the Faculty of Business. And there, that's, that's different because it's not the same as, like, you know, philosophy 333 where you can just write your paper and as long as you kind of have that thought process that they were looking for into your um your analysis um then then you get an, a good mark um so within the faculty of business as well you don't have at least the courses i've taken you don't have like one tutor to reach out to it's, it's a different setup than the governance and political science classes i've taken and then the business um faculty of business it, it's definitely like a different feeling out of my comfort zone and there's a different way to kind of study and prepare for it than I would in the in the faculty of um, humanities and social sciences. So I would have to say that 90% of the courses I've taken so far are within the faculty of humanities and social sciences. My um, my program is a bachelor of arts in political science and a minor in women and gender studies. So granted, I have a lot of um, course requirements that are strictly in humanities and social sciences but in the few times that I've been able to venture outside of that bubble um, I think I've taken a couple of things like psychology that has a bit of science in there I don't know that it's actually in the faculty of science but um, and then computing science I've taken some of that um, but my approach hasn't been any different even though the course content is quite different than what yeah. I used to because yeah. it's much more factual it's more like multiple choices and this is the right answer, this is the wrong answer, whereas essays are great because you can just sort of go in with a general knowledge and wing it for the most part if you if you have enough of your general knowledge in your head. So Nice. You guys done have, have done a great job of uh, letting us into who you are as AU students, and uh, I appreciate that, and thank you for that. You guys have done a great job here today and kind of entertaining some of these questions that kind of dive into the student side of, uh, of AU. I want to end off with a quick question here. I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to throw this out to you and we're just going to see if you can actually answer this because your plates are all so full. I'm going to ask you to pick one thing that's on your plate right now that either is interesting, is challenging. It, you can't wait for it. Uh, is there one thing on your plate right now that stands out to you that might be uh, interesting for our listeners. So the one thing that's on my plate right now that is temporary that I'm loving is that we bought an acreage and uh, we're going to be living that acreage life pretty soon. And um, most of that falls on my plate, um, just the way our dynamic is in our house. And But it's been so fun just planning what life will be like on an acreage. We've never lived on an acreage before, but it's something we've always wanted to do. And... Um, my son will love it. Our dog will love it. Who's a great Dane. So, you know, he basically gets his own dog park and, uh, it's going to just be a blast. Nice. <laughs> Natasha, what do you got? Something on your plate right now that is something that, uh, our student membership would love to hear about. I'm just trying to think like my whole life is just consumed by school right now. It feels like. Well, mm -hmm. and I think that's what makes this, this question difficult and why, why I kind of prefaced it the way I did is just because when you have so many things on the go, to just pick one is, is, is difficult. 
You know, something that I'm really excited about is our upcoming student um, virtual socials that are happening at the end of um, at the end of September. It's the last Thursday of every month, and we're going to have that a reoccurring event. And so I'm really excited to kind of engage with um, our fellow listeners and have them win some prizes and swag and watch me win at trivia. So that's something I'm very excited about. So something I'm really excited about is that I would l- really like to share some media that we've been creating for students. Um, Stacy and I were able to head up to Athabasca in July and check out the physical campus, but uh, we didn't just check out the, the campus. Now, now I feel like my answer was not businessy enough. <laughs> there was no... You there was no change. right or she wrong can't answer. Change her answer. No, there was no, no. right or wrong okay. answer. We also went to the Academic Research Center, which is another building uh, really close to the the main campus, and we were also able to go into the science labs that are in the main campus and get a really good in depth tour of those. And then we trekked for I think it was eighteen kilometers out of town, uh, down Damn. a dirt road. Yeah, and we made it to the Athabasca University Geospace Observatory. Well done. And this is, yeah, and so this is a world-renowned research facility dedicated to viewing the Aurora Borealis. And um, so part of what we've done is created um, a video kind of outlining the tour of that facility and some of the equipment and instruments that are housed there and what they're capable of, as well as talked about the partnerships that the AUGO has with um, some universities in Japan and the United States and uh, the University of Calgary as well. And so I've compiled this into a video and we'll be posting that up on um, our YouTube channel and social media. And I'm really excited to share this with our students. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks, you guys. It's not very often we actually get to do this in the same room, so it's uh, it's very cool for us. And uh, otherwise, great job, everybody. Thank you. You guys are getting good at this. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, my name is Jody Campbell. Proud to be your executive director here at AUSU. And uh, this has been another episode of Open Mic. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.